0: Don't be mean to me today, Ari. Is this not an offer with Vinny's name on it? Yes, it is. I apologize. What's wrong with you? Tom broke up with me.
1: Oh, Jesus.
2: What is up, Entourage fans? We are back with another episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hitty, coming to you from San Francisco. California. Really, really fun, energetic episode of the show this week. I had my co worker, author, writer, online personality, Connor Tool on. He and I went deep on episode six of season four, The Wee Ho Ho. Had a lot of fun. Connor came to the table with tons of great theories, tons of great research, just the passion from this guy. It's a really fun episode. I really am going to look forward to hearing how you guys liked it. If you haven't checked out, all the podcasts that are being launched on Bro Bible as of late, please do. Uh, Robbie Berger's podcast, Brilliantly Dumb. Check out his feed. He just interviewed the guy who shot Osama bin Laden, incredibly enough. He interviewed Jimmy Tatro from The Real Bros of Simi Valley, which is one of my favorite shows currently out right now, season three on Facebook Watch. Bro Bible sponsors this podcast. They've been very good to us, and there's a lot of fun shit coming down the pipe in terms of what's gonna happen this podcast. Stay tuned for that. I'm currently in New York this week. If anyone's in New York wants to grab a drink, hit me up, slide into my DMs. I'm at Jr. will do it on Instagram and Twitter. Keep those five star reviews coming. Don't forget to check out the Spotify playlist. Have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you guys next Monday. My guest this week is an editor at Bro Bible, the author of the book Millennials of New York, and for one night in 2015 An NBA second-round draft pick by the Utah Jazz. Dialing in from New York City, Connor Toole, welcome to the Entourage Podcast.
3: JR, thank you so much for having me. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. (laughs) And before we dive in, you just finished watching the Entourage movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which funny enough, I just watched the episode we're going to talk about on HBO and then went to watch the movie and... For some reason, HBO did not get the distribution rights, so I just rented it for $4 on Amazon. I feel terrible. (laughs) Holy shit. They had it for the longest
2: time, but why? Yeah, why didn't they get the distribution
3: rights to that movie? That makes zero sense. uh, um, But yeah, I just spent an hour and 50 minutes watching it, and um, I can tell you nothing about the plot whatsoever. That is (laughs) how how just mediocre that movie is. But I I loved it. but Just because of the the celebrity cameos, just like Liam Neeson and Julian Edelman showing up, it was just a nice menagerie of random people.
2: Fear you not, Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah listeners. When we get to the end of this marathon that we're on, we are going to dedicate quite a few episodes of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah to the Entourage movie. We have to. It's... It's a work of art that will exist forever.
3: It's truly insane. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a time capsule is what it yeah. really is. It's just going back five years. Like for me, Ronda Rousey's a movie star. And my biggest fear was that there was a rumor that she was going to relaunch or reboot Roadhouse. Oh, and yeah, thankfully she got the hell beat out of her <laughs> in a match. And eventually they just canceled the project. And I was so relieved.
2: Yeah, not thankful that she got the hell beat out of her, but thankful that the project...
3: You know, the end, pro- the end product of yeah. that, <laughs> that occurrence, <laughs> was my savior. I was like, you're going to go against Patrick Swayze, like, the nerve of that, that's just karma striking back
2: at you. I'm stealing this line from a famous comedian, Matt Fulcheron, but he says, for any movie that's a sequel to a Patrick Swayze movie, he goes, no Swayze, no Wazy.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Connor, I mean, you're wa- you just watched the movie... You've watched the episode we're talking about today, episode six of season four, The Wee Ho Ho. What has your entourage experience been like? When did you first start watching it?
3: Entourage in my sophomore year of college. Um, so we couldn't afford HBO. And at some point, one of my roommates got their parents' login. And I probably finished the series in six weeks. Like, it was just <laughs> one of those things where it was episode after episode. And I'm just like, I want to be these dudes. I want to go to L.A. And uh, I mean, I did the cliche improv and sketch in in college, yep. and so it was like, oh, maybe I can make it an entertainment. Never did, but <laughs> it was one of those just fantasies you had, and it was just, it was just a fun ride, fun ride that we're still going on to this day,
2: <laughs> seven, eight years after Enjoying the show. Sure,
3: is... riding the wave today with you.
2: <laughs> why don't we? Uh, don't
3: it's we It's like Point Break. I'm just, I'm just surfing along.
2: <laughs> Love it. So why don't we uh, why not we dive into this week's episode, the Wee right. Ho Yeah, it was uh yeah it was an interesting one. Definitely an interesting one. Um, so this episode debuted on Sunday, July twenty second, two thousand and seven. Just the day before, on July twenty first, a famous book was released. Connor, you're an author. Do you have any idea what book <laughs> I'm talking about? What year was it again? Two thousand and seven. Middle of the summer. Released on a Saturday. No idea. It was the last book in a famous series of books.
3: Again, no. Oh, was it a Hunger Games book? No, it is. Uh, Then I got nothing. I got nothing.
2: Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows.
3: Oh, okay. The second part.
2: Seventh and final novel of the Harry Potter series was released in the United States, UK, and Canada. It shattered sales records upon release. It surpassed March. It
3: is the last book that I did not read after reading the previous six. (laughs) (laughs) just never read it then <laughs> yeah no it was just uh, i was like all right well it's been a fun ride but it was <laughs> a lot of pages and i had other <laughs> other things to do with my life
2: yeah i'm pretty sure that book's like 800
3: pages it yeah they just got progressively bigger it's just I like all right I,
2: I can only do so much here it still holds the dennis world record for most novels sold within 24 hours good for good for jk i know man 8 million sold in the US, 3 million sold in the UK. JT Rollins, you deserve all your billions and your weird personality on Twitter. <laughs>
3: You're a problematic
2: Twitter feed. <laughs> so, quick retap of this week's episode of Entourage. Ari must convince Lloyd to come back to work after Lloyd has a nasty breakup with Tom. Walsh and E make up before making a questionable impression on Dana Gordon. And Turtles' shady cousin Ronnie makes drama and turtle an offer they can't refuse. Connor, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode?
3: There were a lot to pick from, um, but my favorite is, I think it really centers around Lloyd breaking up with his boyfriend. <laughs> and there was a scene early on in the agency where he is just at the desk, essentially just, just catatonic. Uh-huh. And Ari's like, what's going on? And he's like, it's Tom, we broke up and Lloyd starts to flee the office, and Ari's like, where are you going? And Lloyd goes, I have this quote here, without Tom, my life is empty, an empty vase. Tom was a flower. He was a rose, a bright red rose in the massive oil spill of life. And without him, everything is just gooky. And just... The moment of eloquence from Lloyd, who is just at the center of abuse the entire time, to seeing him to launch this sort of poetic summary of his view on life, was just a really nice pivot from his normal personality.
2: I 100% had the exact same moment. (laughs) It's a little bit later. It's a little bit like this. You've got the beginning of that whole sequence. It's later after Vince, E, and Walsh kind of like make up but Ari chases Lloyd through the office and he's screaming his name.
1: Wow! Would you look at that! Love is in the air,
2: huh? Is this beautiful or what, Lloyd?
1: Come and join us in a group hug! Could be a while before you get some. Ah, oh, come on! I was just teasing, Lloyd! It was a joke! I'll be right back. Lloyd! Lloyd. They don't fuck each other, do they?
0: Come on, I was just trying to cheer you up, Lloyd. There is no cheering me up, Ari. My life is over. It's not over. Yes, it is. Without Tom, my life is empty. Lloyd. An empty vase. Why a vase? Because Tom was a flower. He was, Ari. He was a rose. A bright red rose in the massive oil spill of life. And without him, everything is just gooky. (laughs) Don't laugh at me, I'm Ari. I'm not
1: laughing, Lloyd, but Gookie is funny. I need to take a leave of absence. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I am. Lloyd, you're a rising I'm... star in this company. No time for maternity leave. Sorry, Ari. Lloyd, you're going to set yourself back years. What will I do?
2: It's it's a very, very good performance by both Rex Lee and Jeremy Piven. Just... Just a perfect insight into their like fucked up relationship,
3: and it's so funny because Hari that's his Ari's rare moment of vulnerability,
2: yeah. where
3: he claims to rely on no one, and all of a sudden it's like, Lloyd, you are my anchor. <laughs>
2: yeah. you literally keep like this machine going and I don't know what I'm going to do. He basically has like a breakdown as he's chasing after him, which I loved
3: so yeah it's it's a, it's a yeah, it's a rare moment of vulnerability for him, which is few and far between an entourage.
2: And sadly, I think that's one of the few good moments in this episode of which there are few and far between good moments. But we'll talk. I would, about that. I would agree. Yeah. What was your favorite Bros being Bros moment this week, Connor?
3: So this for me is every group of friends has gone through this where you have some internal strife where someone hates someone for hating someone else and loving the person that hates someone else. And in this case, it's when Ari, Vinny, E, and Billy are trying to come together to make Lost in the Clouds. And they just clash and clash and clash. And all of a sudden, Billy comes out. He's like, hey, you know what? We fight a lot, but you know what? We're family. Let's climb this mountain together, and we're going to kill
4: it. I love Lost in the Clouds, man. I read that book four times. I can shoot the shit out of that thing.
1: We don't doubt that. Okay, now. So are we going to make this movie? Are we going to go talk to Dana Gordon? What do you say, boys?
4: Come on, as much as we fight, you know I think of you and Vinny's family. You want to climb this mountain together? We'll kill it.
0: Sure.
3: Come <laughs> here, you motherfucker. And that's the thing. It, at the end, the ultimate bro moment is, the most important thing is to keep the squad together. It's like, you know what? We have our differences, but been through so much, we've been for it for so long, we got to keep doing this.
2: Yeah, and up until this point, we haven't seen any cut of Medellin or any indication that like people are gonna hate it. So you're in your mind, you're like, yeah, let's just keep this good thing going, which sadly turns into a mistake towards the end of the season. But it's gonna win an Oscar
3: in this episode, though. Everyone's gonna win an Oscar. So. Apparently,
2: everyone's winning an Oscar according to Billy Walsh. It's it's insane. In, in retrospect, it's insane. It's funny because guys, they just have that deer. You can just shift into a deer. You can hate another guy's guts. And as long as you just do like, hey man, I'm really sorry, I fucked up, I'm stupid, little handshake, it, it dissipates so quickly. It's just the handshake,
3: isn't the handshake and the preceding hug. That's the yeah. ultimate moment of reconciliation.
2: It's nice. It's a nice moment. I will also say, and it's more like a familial moment as opposed to a bros being bros moment, but drama is giving Turtle a hard time about going along on this ridiculous stam by his Uncle Ronnie, which we, or his cousin Ronnie. cousin Ronnie, yeah, 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 Of course. We'll get into that in a little bit more detail, but Turtle says All
4: right, look, drama, I don't feel great about this either. But if we don't buy it, somebody else will. Besides, I can't let Ronnie down. You know how many times he gave my mother money when my father wouldn't? If I don't do it, he won't be able to. So if you still want him for half, you got it
3: it's such an insight into turtle's childhood too where it's like my father hated my mother so she reached out to my cousin and got a lot of money
2: and it's also like you're kind of enabling a bad person one of those things you're like well you know he is my brother so i'll still keep giving him drugs or something you know what i mean like you're just just, like you're not helping anything turtle but in your fucked up head if that's how you can like justify this like do that fine what was your least favorite moment of the suite? If you want, I can I can start if you'd like.
3: You no, know, so I mean, I don't really have a least. Nothing really stuck out for me. So if I had to pick one, it was uh, I mean, Sandy Koufax was the center of the Jersey scheme that uh, yeah. Turtle drama and uh, cousin Ronnie were going through. And so for me, I mean, this was basically a middle school book with a dog, <laughs> where. Sandy Koufax's dog dies at the end, so like that's just a <laughs> downer. There's and it didn't stick out. I was like, oh, I hated this thing, but it's like, ah, we did we really need a dead dog in entourage? Like yeah. that's yeah. just killing the mood. Yeah,
2: at least it's not a dead Sandy Koufax, but still at the same <laughs> time, like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about Sandy and the and the overall plot in a second. I think what I didn't like, you know, we just talked about bros being bros. Billy, he's so contrite and apologetic at Ari's office, he's begging Ian Vince to do Lost in the Clouds, and then they go to meet the head of production on that exact film, and he's a fucking prick to everybody. He's yelling at her assistant, he takes a shit in Dana's bathroom.
5: Hi, guys. Um, I'm really sorry, but I called Ari's office early this morning and asked if the meeting could be pushed back an hour. I'm really sorry no one told you. I hope that's okay.
0: Actually, little lady, it ain't. So would you please call Dana and tell her that I gotta be at the track at 4.15, so she better hustle
3: on down here or I will be gone.
4: Just how they run shit down at Ari's shop?
2: Relax, I'm calling. I get it. He's like a tragic artist who, like, isn't very social or sociable. But I just didn't like that juxtaposition so quickly after him, like, making up with the guys.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I would feel the same way.
2: And then one quick thing, and this is just probably me nitpicking as I'm the host of a weekly Entourage podcast, the name of the episode, not one of the stronger named episodes I of the show.
3: sat there for minutes saying, what is a weho?" I I'm still yep. lost. I'm sure there's like some deep dive if you go into an entourage subreddit where they're like, "Here's the <laughs> here's the underlying meaning of this vaguely titled episode that relates to Plato's allegory of the cave," and it's just like, "All right, sure, whatever you say."
2: So, WeHo is West Hollywood, which I assume is where Lloyd lives, and then ho is lloyd is that what that's supposed to mean i'm not like
3: oh i mean i i don't know i mean it's i mean because ari obviously he refers to lloyd's preference for for being a promiscuous a few times but i i still had trouble interpreting it
2: and I'm not forgiving Lloyd for cheating, but up until this point, he's been nothing but an angel, and now we're gonna call him a hoe in the title of the episode. It just felt like really, I don't know. It's again, it's it's kind
3: of an over examination. to this later, because I am I am very anti cheating, but there's a I do want to mention. All right. uh, Lloyd's aspect of this.
2: All right. Well, let's let's keep it moving then. So, what was the most entourage moment of the episode? Connor, this that was, can mean this, anything.
3: This was easy for me. Uh, they're in Danny Gordon's office. Uh, they're waiting there for a while, and Dana finally comes in after the meeting gets delayed. Going to her office, and Vinny just casually waves at her secretary or oh, assistant, yeah. and does, I don't even know if he made on cat or eye contact, and she just melts. Oh, it's great! It's just the vintage. It's vintage Vinny. It's like this yeah. dude is he owns Hollywood, like, (laughs) like he he can just glance or not even glance at a woman, and she's in love. So it just, it just sums up that general environment. Yeah, no, that's a great little
2: moment that you don't catch every time you're rewatching the show. But you know, in watching it so closely, Connor, like, you see that all the time where, like, women are, like, whipping their heads at Vince as he walks by and trying to get in front of him and trying to make eye contact. They do a really good job of it, and it's something I didn't notice when I used to watch the show when I was 19 years old. It just went over my head because I was too busy focusing on the guys, which is oh, or, yeah, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the second one or my entourage moment this week is you know Billy, Vince, and E are walking out of Dana's office, so these happened very close to each other. And Billy is putting on driving gloves and no, he uses... didn't really before he gets into the car? Yeah, you didn't notice it? He on?
3: No. I was focusing on the fact that he stole the car from his girlfriend's dad. Billy, are you sure you can have a shootable script done in six weeks? Oh, no doubt. I came up with the first act while I was stinking up the skirts' bathroom.
4: (laughs) Promise me you won't take a job that could interfere. I promise. Beautiful. Whoa! Billy, nice car. Yeah, it's my girl's father's. You're not the only one
0: mooching luxury items off somebody's suit. Later. Late! A
2: red 2006 <laughs> Salines s7 like i don't even know
3: cars but that car was fucking absurd and compared to the bentley they were driving next to him he was just flexing on him. it was like <laughs> good for billy walsh man i know
2: he's like he like mooches his way to the top you know 55 million dollar movie budget based off of one and a half movies that he's made <laughs> What was your favorite line or quote from this week's episode, no, This was
3: the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> uh, Billy goes into Dana's office they're waiting for her, and uh, <laughs> he turns to her girl, he, he goes,
0: Listen, you mind if I use your
3: private shit or I just got a piss, but the
0: one in the hallway stank like a refugee boat.
4: Sure, go ahead. He's quite a character.
0: Yeah. He's all bluster, but he knows exactly what he's doing.
4: Well, it's kind of weird. I mean, he's foul and grotesque conceited, and abhorrent. But I kind of like him.
3: And the thing that elevates this is when they're walking to the car with him with his driving gloves on, (laughs) he admits he actually took a dump in the bathroom, (laughs) which just took it to another level. And my favorite sort of uh, tangential moment from that is when Billy says that, Dane is like, she describes him as, quote, foul, grotesque, conceited, and apparent. Yep. Which which is the summation of Billy Walsh, but also kind of describes a solid chunk of the series in general. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, you know, like a lot of these people are not good people at heart. But yeah. like she, she goes, I actually kind of like them. And that's like, that's what Entourage is to a certain extent. That's the soft lens, is what it is. Everyone's not as bad as Billy Walsh, but at the same time, it's all these personalities are like, yeah, this is Hollywood. It it was a very interesting, and I probably read way too much into it.
2: Well, that's the point of this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There is something interesting about that theory that, like, in real life... These guys would not be great dudes. No, absolutely not. We've always talked about uh, like how Turtle would be the ultimate scumbag. E would be such a dickhead. There's just so many. like You can see it in real life, and you're like, if I, can, I like
3: this If version. I can interject for a brief second, I used to work at a job where uh, most of the founders were from Queens. Got it. And it, I've never appreciated Turtle more than seeing how authentic that is. Like these guys from Queens, it's just like they—that's Turtle. Like it's—it's it's just yeah. the culture. I mean, and Turtle say you will about him, but like he, they did a fantastic job encapsulating the essence of the borough of Queens.
2: And I'm not from Queens or grew up on the East Coast, so I'm—I'm I'm glad to hear that they—they they were accurate in
3: that. And I, and we'll mention this with uh, with Cunny Ronnie or Cousin Ronnie later in a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, but, uh, can't wait. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's its a nice little storyline.
2: Faces in the crowd, for sure. All right, two more lines I have to call out. First one is from Cousin Ronnie. Hey,
5: congrats on the show. You been watching? I have. It's terrible. Hey, but I heard the networks pay big bucks, so who gives a fuck, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) But the networks pay big bucks! That's right. Who gives a fuck, right? And then... Billy Walsh, as he's being apologetic, he's contrite. He's basically on one knee in front of E, Vinny, and Ari. He does... He comes
1: bringing peace. I'm waving the white flags. Why? Because I was
4: wrong and I'm sorry. So you're admitting I didn't leak the trailer?
1: I am. That's why he came here this morning. He said that you wouldn't call him back, though. Well, he
4: sent me an email at 4 a.m. threatening to kill me. Then at 5 a.m., my editor called and told me that he got pissed at his girl last week and put a video of him giving her a facial on comfiesta.com. She got back at him with my trailer, our trailer.
3: You're a real asshole, you know that?
4: I'm man enough to admit when I've been acting like one.
3: Hey, Connor, I did
2: a little bit of research. That's what website still exists (laughs) 13 years later.
3: It would happen to be (laughs) comfiesta.com.
2: It just so happens.
3: Good for that. I mean, that requires a lot of maintenance because I mean, I have a couple of websites. That's like and with the with the servers and everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I respect the dedication to that, especially with all the competitions that's popped up in the past decade. I mean, yeah, that... a
2: porn server going back 13 years is probably the size of like a
3: airplane hanger or something like that. <laughs> I was recently researching, and I think Lemon Party and uh, Meat Spin are now defunct. They are. Someone yes. decided, yeah, they decided to stop paying for it. So, f- <laughs> for Cum Fiesta to fall through, you know what? Like, I don't know who did it, but, like, I I give them a lot of respect for their dedication. Cum Fiesta
2: still going strong. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best burn this week?
3: Uh, this was... You mentioned the one before uh, where... um ronnie rags on yeah. drama for his shitty show sure but for me it was when they were walking into the auction internals like stop
4: looking at me like that we were never guys who were about money turtle we were always guys who were about integrity hmm. is that what got you to do that commercial where you and your wife had a bad case of the runs at the opera that was a national spot and i got a chance to show a lot of range <laughs> which is just
3: vintage drama yeah. It's, like, I mean, with Viking Quest and everything, he's like, yeah, I'm really showing my versatility here, and it, and I like, I just love how delusional he is, and like, I know a lot of people that have done like UCB mm-hmm. and acting classes, and I follow them on Twitter, and I'm friends with them on Facebook, and it's like, hey, like, here's my new ad for vitamins <laughs> that's airing regionally in the in the Atlanta area, and it's yeah. like, you know, like, like, cool, good for you, but like. Be honest with yourself, which yeah. drama never is.
2: Yeah, it's funny. We, you know, I've mentioned my day job on this podcast often, but I make TV commercials, and I'm flying to New York this weekend. Once this episode drops, I'm already going to be in New York, but Monday and Tuesday is casting sessions for this 30-second TV commercial, so I'm going to sit there and see probably 100 actors and actresses, and I will have the ability to give them a national TV spot, which is weirdly a lot of power and also weirdly a little strange because it's not going to change their life. It's not going to, you know, they're not going to get picked up by an Ari Gold and become movie or TV stars, but it's going to keep that flame alive for them.
3: So for you to totally flex on me right now, (laughs) when uh, I was doing millennials of New York, we had a web series as well. And one of the girls that I was talking about who earned her vitamin commercial I cast it to be in one of our videos in a web series. Yeah, nice. So I don't want to brag about maybe propelling her to semi-regional fame, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it could have happened. Could ha- could happen to anybody. Everyone listening, quit your job
2: and do it. <laughs> like the biggest crapshoot in the world, like Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some good little Ari things. He you sees you you see like Lloyd, like super sad, and he just goes, "Hey, dumb fuck." <laughs> 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 Uh, and then that new assistant that he gets, I think his name is Glenn. Throwback who he, who is he season two. from the mailroom. Fired from the mailroom in season two, throwback. He says, Get out of here, Glenn, or else I will kill you. <laughs> just
3: just good for, good for Glenn for getting multiple entourage episodes on his IMDB though. Definitely, like, dude. That's like four like he's years of booster. Yeah. He can he can say recurring character and entourage yep. Yep. when he goes to audition, which is good for him.
2: Yeah, and he's part of one of the most iconic Ari Gold scenes, so that, that'll live on in infamy. Oh, absolutely. Long after Glenn's dead. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: Hopefully not too soon. Yeah, yeah.
1: I need a fucking assistant!
4: As I was saying, Mr. Gold, I'm, I'm Glenn. Uh, Glenn Holden, I'm going to come off Eric Siegel's desk and tell How me to figure How do I know thinking- you? You fired me from the mailroom two years ago, but then you realized you were wrong, so you hired me back.
1: You know, I, I can get the job done. Just tell me what you like. No, I don't tell you what I like. My old assistant is supposed to tell you what I like. And then he is supposed to seamlessly train you so that the only change in my life comes when I have to write out a Christmas bonus check.
4: Okay, Mr. Gold, please look at it. I'm just going to... Get out of here, Glenn. Where, where do you want me to go? Anywhere but here or I will kill you. Do you want me to get you someone else? No,
2: I only want Lloyd, and I will get him myself. So we talked about it a little bit. You mentioned it off air, but not a great episode for music. We both love Scott's. I
4: love Scott
3: really let me down this episode. I know. I I think there was one song by the gems and I looked at the lyrics and I could not find a deeper internal meaning of it. It was kind kind of a jam, but I mean, Scott can only do so much here.
2: As most listeners know, we have a Spotify playlist. The link to listen to that is in the show notes of today's episode. We put all of our favorite songs that we talked about on that playlist. I liked the Mark Ronson song, Pretty Green, featuring Santa Dold. It's when Ari's driving up to Lloyd's apartment. Got a
3: full of pretty green. I'm gonna put it in.
0: <laughs> Living large, Lloyd. It looks like I'm paying you too much. I have family money, Ari, and it hasn't affected my work ethic at all, so don't make fun of me. I- I'm not making fun of
1: you, Lloyd. I'm-, I'm here because I need you back. Listen, the best way to get over a breakup is a distraction,
2: and the best distraction is work. Work is the reason we broke up, Ari. I'm kind of like a sucker for catchy shit, though, so... I don't know. That... And then "Sinner Man" by Nina Simone, which played over the end credits, which is a very good jam, and I and I I have listened to recently, so it was it was good to hear a song that like aged well, essentially.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the end credits are where you show your cards, and that was a great way to close it out.
2: And boy, does Scott show his cards, Scott? If you're listening, get let's do it, man. Let's just sit down and talk about the music of Entourage.
3: <laughs> you won't, Scott. You won't.
2: <laughs> you won't. <laughs> What uh, What was an outdated reference in this episode?
3: So this was tough for me because yeah. I don't think it would be much different if it was made today and my mm-hmm. only thing was Lloyd's situation with his boyfriend, Tom. Yeah. And because Ari gives him a cover story where he was at the Bourne Ultimatum premiere with him instead of cheating on the guy who was cheating on on the Friday night he's talking about. But, like, for me, it's like I would see, like – Tom would be stalking his Instagram to see if he posted a selfie at the premiere or creeping on Snapchat to see his location that night and seeing he wasn't there when he said he was. But besides that, I think it probably would have played out about the same way that it did.
2: One hundred percent. That's a great point. If 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 this episode was different in twenty twenty, it would be all digital cheating in some way. That's exactly, how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the idea of Tom going and parking outside of wherever he was supposed to be—that's like a very.
3: The Abbey. It was the the Abbey, which is a, I assume a cool spot in L.A. in two thousand ten or whatever it, this
2: was. I think it is in two thousand seven. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, seven. Yeah. No.
3: No. Yeah. No. I, the series ended in twenty eleven, so my timeline is entirely off, and I apologize. No, <laughs> it's quite alright. you right. You're, it's not up to you to remember the
2: timeline of entourage, but boy, <laughs> is it up to me, because if I did it wrong, someone is gonna tell me. So yeah, I think for outdated reference, I guess Sandy Koufax, because, like, he's old, but he's one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history, and the very best part about the entire thing is that he's still alive and well today, like, in 2020.
3: Before today, I just looked this up. Yeah, like, good for him. for
2: sticking around, man. I know. You think when you see like them, be like, oh, thank God, Sandy's still alive in in 2007. I was like, oh, this guy's definitely dead, but no, he's He's one of only five pitchers elected to the baseball hall of fame who has more strikeouts than innings pitched. Did
3: you is... just go on Elias Sports for that? Did you like <laughs> did you get a subscription to go deep into the dive of baseball history? Uh, yeah, it's
2: it's actually it's a free service. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Wikipedia.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, man. It's what I gotta do. And then some outdated references, just like the fact that Tom's working at finish line. I know they still exist. I have but...
3: so much to say about this after that. So let's hear we're... it.
2: What well, I actually used to work at Foot Locker. So they were like, our. do,
3: do you still have the ref outfit?
2: I'm so upset that I don't, I got rid
3: no, of it. Oh, that would, nine. I have a buddy who worked at Best Buy in high school and he has gone multiple times on Halloween wearing yep. his Best Buy polo. It's one of those just, nostalgic things that when you pull it out or the retro things and it's just like wow you you just stunt it on everyone
2: i did a series of social media things with panda express and part of it was we had to go work at a panda express for four hours so i still have a full apron hat red t-shirt oh combo, my god gonna be JR, busted out you're this killing holiday. me oh
3: good for <laughs> you
2: what do you have about finish line
3: Uh, I would first like to address um, the people that popped up in this episode before we segue there. Okay. If if we can.
2: Quickly, I wanted to say one more thing I thought would be different if it aired in 2020. Absolutely. So, whatever the scam that Cousin Ronnie came to them with, it would be something a lot more modern. It'd be some sort of multi-level marketing thing, like ronnie would be like hey drama you are a broadcast television star here is my life plus nature's sunshine supplements (laughs) please push these on social media for every sign up you debt i did a person you know it'd be some bullshit like that well i didn't know it'd be
3: turtle with his all his get rich quick shit he'd just be like who's gonna sponsor my who's gonna make me an influencer how can I branch myself out and rake it as much can like fuck Jerry, give me some money to boost their memes. Like, I Definitely. feel like that's going to be, that would be turtles
2: hustle now. 100%. Okay. Faces in the crowd. Do you want to talk about Tom or cousin Ronnie first?
3: Brandon fucking Win- <laughs> Quinn, Brandon <laughs> fucking Quinn. I forgot about him until he popped up on screen. This is Tom Lloyd's boyfriend. Yep. For those uninitiated, the dude from Big Wolf on campus.
2: So I don't know what that show is.
3: Oh, my God. I think it was on whatever the equivalent of ABC Family was Uh in the late 90s and early 2000s about a really hot guy on a college campus who also turns into a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Teen Wolf, but he's not a teen, he's a young adult. Yeah, it's just without Michael J. Fox, and they ripped off yeah. the entire plot. Okay. Um, and I ended up getting way too into Brandon's IMDb pitch uh-huh. to see what he's been up to lately. He was apparently in a Hallmark movie this year called Christmas Wishes and Mrs. Hoe Kisses. <laughs> which this could a be... Which yeah he was, but and that could be a line from Kanye. So appalled the way that it rhymes. <laughs> and um, to be honest, I am a Hallmark Christmas movie aficionado, and I watched it, and it's actually one of the best movies they put out last year. Wait, so you wait, you watched this movie before we you found out that he was in it? Oh yeah, like a few months ago. I. <laughs> I think Hallmark put about fifty-five Christmas movies out uh, yeah. over the last three months preceding. They were all on Hulu at one point, and I was yeah, all oh my! Ridiculous. God, It's a guilty pleasure for me. We could start a podcast based on this if we wanted to. Sure, uh, it was one of the better ones. And while I was on his IMDb page, I did a deep dive and found that uh, twenty-one people had left reviews of a Hallmark movie. Wow, which was very disturbing, That's and they insane. were. They were multiple paragraphs long and it was um, yeah, it was qu- quite a discovery to make.
2: Yeah, you know, people love their stuff, I'm realizing. I'm realizing that the most from this podcast. Uh, you know, and that's fine. If you're if your thing is Hallmark Christmas movies, you do you. Write scathing reviews of it online if you you want to, but it's it's a little head scratching to me.
3: I just I respect the middle America falling where yep. they're just like, I need to go on the internet and let people know. This was a good movie.
0: Where 100%.
3: This, this was a good movie where a guy or a girl from the big city goes back to her hometown and finds a man and falls in love. It doesn't want to go back, which is every single movie. So <laughs> it's I'm glad they all have opinions on the nuances of them. So
2: Brandon Quinn, this actor, he did 63 episodes of Bid Wolf on Tampa. He was the star of it. He's been in... Well, this is the first we see him, but he'll be in six more episodes of Entourage. Like, he's really a good working TV actor who's still working to this day. He's got a TV show in post production right now. Like, uh, yeah, I respect
3: branded. I respect the hell out of the hustle. And um, if you can give me one more shout out, if if that's all right,
2: Well, one hundred percent.
3: Um, so the guy who played Cousin Ronnie,
5: yeah,
3: is named Louis Lombardo.
5: Oh, he's so New York. <laughs> Fifty grand, huh? Uh And I'm letting you in on this because you're my blood and I love you. And I can only raise 30 grand on my own because the IRS, those cocksuckers, froze my assets again. And so you need 20 grand then. What are you, Rayman? That's what I just told you. So did you bring it or what? I got it. It's a check. It's good. There you go. Last of my Saigon money. Just what is this investment already? Baseball memorabilia. Baseball memorabilia? Not just any baseball memorabilia. I'm talking about a Sandy Koufax game-used home jersey from 66. 50 grand for a jersey? That ain't shit drama. It's gonna be worth twice as much as that, at least. How do you know? My father, the prick, is obsessed with Sandy. Mm -hmm. He bought a condo in St. Paul's because Sandy was living in the same development. So? So my father, the demented fuck that he is, makes his tea time the same as Sandy's every Wednesday. So what, Ronnie? So Sandy hasn't teed off in weeks. Wait, I, I don't follow. Why not? Jesus Christ. You guys are fucking slow, huh? Sandy's finished. He's done. His place is a hospice. White coat's coming and going for the last two weeks. Just a matter of time. Sandy Colfax is going to die? Jesus Christ. That's terrible. Yeah, indeed it is.
3: Yeah, so he was on a few episodes, a few episodes of The Soprano. Mm-hmm. And again, I went to his IMDb page. And uh, I would say at least half of the people he played have laughably on the nose Italian names, but I really want to c- congratulate him for just getting out of his comfort zone and playing an Italian American from Queens. That's, <laughs> that's I mean, I mean, that's a real departure from his general consensus.
2: Oh man, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. Oh, you're so right. Stan, <laughs> Stan Travato, Dominic DeFazio. Uh, Archie, Stucky, Fine, Uncle Jerry, Jerry, Velvino. I mean, Velvino.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And if I can introduce my last fun fact. Let's hear it. Both Brandon and Louis or Louie, I assume it's probably Louie, have been on CSI because of course they were.
2: Of course they are. I mean, that's like a, if you haven't been on CSI, you are not an actor in New York.
3: Have you really made it? Exactly. (laughs) Was Timothy Chalamet on CSI? I doubt it. <laughs>
2: that's a good question, actually.
3: <laughs> yeah, he probably he probably like played like a witness to a high school girl being murdered, like knowing
2: yeah. him. That's a that's a good like trivia question. Was Timothy Chalamet ever on CSI? <laughs> and you know what? He wasn't. But you know what? He was on. Law and Order.
0: <laughs> no, he wasn't. No
2: way. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. His third acting job. <laughs> Good for Timmy. Get that paper. All right. So that was a really fun Faces in the Crowd. We never usually have that much fun with it. So thank you for bringing the bringing the heat on that one. Six Man. I know you know the, the category well. Who like just showed up on screen? And, I mean, honestly. This is easy.
3: It's Ronnie. It's t- No. No. <laughs> It's Tommy. All right. Which it's Tom. Like? <laughs> it's Tom. He Tom is on screen for two minutes when Jeremy, or sorry, when uh, Ari comes to Foot Locker. Yeah. Or to, uh, finish, finish line. line. Please. And, I was a Foot um, <laughs> Yeah. No, <laughs> no disrespect. He says he can't talk to Ari like face to oh, face because yeah. he's on probation at finish line. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to take him to the rack of shoes And act like they're having a conversation. And uh, there's a point where Ari's like, hey, you don't want a guy who's, (laughs) unlike Lloyd, sitting in bed and watching Oprah at 4 o'clock. And Tom goes, actually, Ari, Oprah's on at 3 p.m.
2: It, it's it's pretty, it's a funny it's a it's a well-delivered line, but it's also a early two thousands writers' room joke. Like, oh, exactly. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's like all days no one Oprah's on. It's like really.
1: <laughs> Can I talk to you for a second?
2: Yeah, over here. Look,
1: I'm already on finish line probation, so I got to make myself look busy. What are you uh, seven and a half, eight? Uh, Eleven, Tom? Really? Yeah. Okay. So. What, he send you down here? No, no, I came down here on my own. I heard a lot about your problems with Lloyd, that he's never home, that he's too career oriented. you going to tell me he's not? No, 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 he is, he is. But let me ask you something, though, man. Do you want a guy who's going to provide a great home for you, or some Coos who's on the couch every day watching Oprah at 4 o'clock? Oprah's on at 3, Harry. And look, yeah, I do hate Lloyd's hours. Take a seat. But, you know, I'm a guy, I understand career goals. Uh, so what's what's the problem? The problem is he couldn't keep his dick in his pants. He cheated on me, Ari. No. Lloyd cheated on me. No, he didn't. He would never. Are you serious? Yeah, it's true. I caught him. In the act? Like, he was... Well, no, no, I didn't catch him in the act. The... But, you know, I was suspicious Friday night. He said uh, he was going down on the abbey. Parked my car out front. He never showed. Him. Never. I confronted him, and, you know, he said that he didn't want to be interrogated like that.
3: But it just—it just summed up his like. Again, he had mul- like maybe two to three minutes on screen, yeah, and he stole them.
2: Yeah. I, all right, you're different to Tom. I'm different to cousin Ronnie.
3: Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. No, I—he was my second contender.
2: Super funny. He's like describing the situation he keeps saying my father the prick, which is a I don't it's just funny. And at one point he's describing the the stam or whatever. You know, fifty grand, I can only come up with thirty, and drama goes, Oh, so you need twenty grand. Ronnie goes, What are you, rain man? What I just (laughs) said. Ten thousand dollar
3: math. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) So I don't give it to cousin Ronnie. I like seeing him. He comes back in a Return of Queens Boulevard, the season six finale, iconic entourage episode. Cannot wait to break it down.
3: Also, a fun footnote is when uh, Ronnie is stressing the Sandy Koufax uniform, he shows up to the auction in a Brooklyn Dodgers uniform. Yeah. And he's wearing number 42, who is Jackie Robinson, not Sandy Koufax. Oh, I Koufax. missed that. Nice catch. Yeah, which, I again, I went too into Wikipedia for that, but I thought it was an interesting thing. And also for me, if you just give me a second here. Of course. Both... Cousin Ronnie and Turtle were born after the Dodgers left New York.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. They're just diehard.
3: And know. Turtle throughout the series wears a Yankees hat despite being from Queens. And uh Drama wears a Lenny Discra jersey. Mm-hmm. When he's at the auction, so it's just this weird combination of sports fandom that I can't really figure out why it is what it is.
2: Well, that's because, and I know this because I'm the host of the Entourage podcast. <laughs> Kevin Dillon is a huge Mets fan, while Jerry Ferrara is a massive Yankees fan. So I oh, so he's like the, the
3: he's like the Matt Damon and Gonger or uh, Gonger, where he yep. the wears the Red Sox. Hat. Oh, what an asshole. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and famously, Kevin Connolly is a Yankees fan. There's a couple, like, allusions to it. At one point, Drama and Turtle in a previous episode are saying, but it's Bat Day, Vince, and he's like, oh, we gotta read these scripts, and... They're like, ah, I guess that's fine. It's not like the Yankees are in town and Kevin Dillon or the Mets, and they all go who cares about the Mets like as they're watching <laughs> on the screen. It's like a nice homage to like their actual real life allegiances. And like I
3: alluded to the a little before, like all the kids that I worked with from Queens were like Mets or die. So yeah. it's just bizarre to me that these guys from that are around Queens Boulevard are like, Oh yeah, it were in for the guys in the Bronx. Like, yeah. all right, I mean, good for you, but that makes literally no sense whatsoever, but good for Doug Elon for ignoring all of that. Definitely. What was your favorite drama moment
2: from this week, Connor?
3: Uh, easily, <laughs> this might be my favorite drama moment ever. Wow. Is when Turtle comes in and they ask if anyone wants to, or he asks if anyone wants to go to Palmdale <laughs> with him to meet Cousin Ronnie.
4: Anyone interested in driving out to Palmdale with me to see my Cousin Ronnie? No. no? Haven't we been through this already, Turtle? I'm telling you guys, he says he has a little money-making venture, and in my house, when cousin Ronnie talks like E.F. Hutton, you better fucking listen. Why do you have so much confidence in this guy again? Are you kidding, Vin? You know the guy always knew how to make a buck. You don't remember? He's the first guy on our block to have a foreign car. The first guy to have an in-ground pool. The first guy to have aluminum siding. You the first guy to have it all seized by the government. <laughs> Yeah, that's because he didn't pay his taxes, not because he wasn't rolling in the green. All right, what's the investment opportunity? He wouldn't say on the phone, which means he's on the inside, as usual. Now, who's in? Not me. me.
5: I'll drive out to the desert with you, Turtle. Maybe hit the outlets along the way. But don't count on me parting with any cash.
4: Hmm, Like I ever do.
3: (laughs) And I can just envision drama in the Bentley being like, yo... Turtle, we got to stop because I want to go to Hot Topic to pick up some graphic tees <laughs> and go to Tommy Bahama and get some short sleeve button downs. Like got an
2: Armani exchange out here. I need exactly. some more
3: pleated pants. <laughs> <laughs> like his drama, his fashion sense is hideous. Yeah. And the fact that he's also shopping at outlets tells you exactly where he is with his shitting his pants commercial and his Viking Quest money. Like it's it, it it's a good summation of his character at that point.
2: Although, and I'll attest to this, sometimes a little outlet trip can be a lot of fun.
3: Oh my god, absolutely! <laughs> I used to crush the Nautica and Tommy Hilfiger's outlet in Westbrook, Connecticut when I was younger. I was in <laughs> high school and thought I was the shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, you weirdly feel like you're like improving your wardrobe when really you're not when you don't. Yeah, I home. mean
3: with with the misstitch <laughs> <laughs> shirts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> love an outlet what was your favorite ari gold moment from this week
3: oh that was a tough one but there were a lot i had a lot of yeah. quotes for him uh if you don't mind giving me a couple sure. i would like to elaborate on it the first one is when he visits he visits tom at finish line and he walks to the mall while calling lloyd and he's carrying a bag of sneakers. Yeah, he just, like, had to help the guy out in some way. Exactly, right? like and I'm just picturing Ari with, like, a pair of neon a neon yellow and forest green, like, Air Force colorways. <laughs> and uh, one of the best parts of that scene, too, is that he uh, is talking to Lord on the phone and goes, Hey, I love a liar, but I hate a cheater while checking out a girl who walks behind him. Oh, I
2: missed the, I missed that little moment of him. Oh, no, it it, it is
3: the subtlest glance in the world, but it, it is an incredible acting turn. Piven is so good. He's so good at those little moments.
2: You
0: cheated on Tom? What?
1: You little fucking slut, Lloyd.
0: I don't know what you're talking about, Ari. I just saw Tom. He came to the office?
1: I went to his, he told
0: me what you did. Lloyd? Couldn't help it, Ari. It's been all the pressure. And I met this cute barista at the coffee bean who I never thought would like me, but he did like me. He did. It was a one-time thing. I go to Starbucks now, but I ruined everything. No, you didn't ruin everything, because I saved it. Saved
1: it? What do you mean? You were with me Friday night at the Bourne Ultimatum premiere. I was? Get your ass back to the office within the hour, and I will stick to that story. Let me tell you something,
0: Lloyd. I love a liar, but I hate a cheater. See ya. Wait, alright. Yeah. I can't believe you did this for me. I like you, Lloyd. What can I say? Say you'll let me take you and the wife to dinner with Tom, a couple's dinner. I don't like you that
1: much. Get your ass back to the office and get that fucking dartboard down off your wall.
3: <laughs> and this one, you're going to have to give Help me a me. couple of minutes to just outline this. Let's hear it. At the beginning of the episode, uh, Ari is talking to E and he's talking about how much he helped him. He goes,
1: You're supposed to be in Dana Gordon's office this afternoon. I want you to talk to Vince again before I cancel. I'm part of the Red Sea for you, E. Don't piss on the sand.
3: So, Ari is Jewish.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But as we know from the Yom Kippur episode, He's not the most adherent follower in the world. Sure. Not if there's a deal to get done. Exactly. And so I, I did a little bit of a deep dive to a too much of a deep dive. <laughs> and according to the sources that I looked up, the Israelites crossed the Red Sea at a point where it was about two and a half miles away into modern day Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. And they estimated it would take between five and six hours assuming they had the supplies in tow, to make that journey. And I would argue at least a few people had to piss on the sand (laughs) over that course of time. So it's a a classic Ari insult. It's a one or two liner. But at the same time, when you look at it, hey, Ari, people probably pissed on the Red Sea while the Egyptians were chasing Moses.
2: As a good Catholic boy, I know that it took hours for them to walk through that parted Red Sea, and then they were in the desert for 40 years, so people were heavily pissed off. That's
3: what I said when I was looking at it. No, they said six hours to actually cross the sea because I was... I got pounded Catholic theology into my head as a child, too. Yep, same. So it was just one of those things where it's just like, all right, Ari, I know you're making an aside. It's a snide comma. You do what you do, but... (laughs) It's not supported by fact, Ari, and I'm kind yeah. of disappointed on you.
2: One thing Ari does says that I do think is supported by fact, and Connor, I mean, you don't have to go into your personal dating life, but he he's kind of comforting Lloyd, and he says, the best way to get over a breakup is a distraction, and the best distraction is work. I kind of agree with that statement, to be honest with you, as oh, someone yeah, no. who's been through quite a bit of breakups. My last
3: breakup was in college, so I can't really speak on that.
2: All right, but, uh, fair enough.
3: Yeah, Fair. but it's uh, but based on uh, the time I broke up in college and finished a uh, fifth of Ptolemore due in a night, I would say <laughs> that was that was the correct distraction for. Me. Who besides Vince won this
2: week's episode of Entourage?
3: This is going to be a little controversial. Oh, can't wait! It's Lloyd. Oh, interesting. That is. So away with
2: murder, essentially. Not murder. So
3: everyone has gone into a coffee shop.
2: Oh, I like this tape.
3: Everyone has fallen in love with a barista that they saw the minute they walked into the coffee shop. Yeah. And unless you're they ask your name and you're like, here's my number, Mm -hmm. and you're also incredibly attractive, Mm -hmm. you're not gonna follow through with that. And nothing's gonna happen. Right. But for Lloyd, he went into the coffee bean, he seduced the barista. Incredible. And he sealed the deal. Like that's, that's good. And I know he said he has to go to Starbucks from now on after that happened. But like that, he could probably get his gold card membership based on the amount of coffee he probably buys for the the agency he works yeah. at. Yeah. Which is again another plus. But like for Lloyd to seal the deal with the barista, that's like I mean I think people dream of that and you have to give him credit for, even though he's cheating, I don't encourage that obviously just like Ari doesn't, Uh but it's still an impressive achievement. 100%. That is a great call,
2: Connor. I was going to say Ari for kind of the obvious reasons. Like, you know, he convinces E to finally do the movie. He gets Lloyd and Tom back together. He really is kind of the hero. He's racing all over the place while just, you know, turtle and fucking drama are out in the desert dealing with a jersey. But we might have to div it to Lloyd. That is such a good call. All right, last two questions. This one's an important one. Was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? And you can do pluses and minuses.
3: So again, I like I said, I have not watched the entirety of Entourage since I was in college. Um, but I would argue this is the very definition of an average episode of Entourage. So I okay. call it B-List. Okay. Uh, it didn't scratch my celebrity cameo itch.
2: I know. Zero celebrity cameos this week.
3: Ari was too busy stressing out about Lloyd to, like, take a hiatus to devote enough time to coming up with eviscerating insults. And with the exception of Drama and Turtle getting hosed on the Sandy Koufax surgery, Vinny, e, and Billy shocker, overcame their differences to strike a happy medium by the time the credits roll. Yeah, and
2: Vinny has a $6 million movie offer for something he found out about one episode ago. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but he has a vision for the first act, so it's fine.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go a little deeper, only because I do this every week, and I'm giving this a D D+. This is the least memorable episode of season four, which is a very underrated season of Entourage. Ronnie as a character is a good actor, but he's not that memorable. The drama turtle side plot goes nowhere. And while obviously a lot of those side plots go nowhere, it's one of those like drama that's screwed over by his own hubris side plots. In this episode, it's not funny. It's like what you said before. Like it ends on a dog dying and them spending too much money. It's not like- Oh, I
3: didn't laugh a single time. Like there is no- Outburst. There was like my biggest disappointment. Like I look forward to the RE just yeah. tearing someone apart. Didn't happen there, and it was yeah, just it underwhelmed me a little bit. And sometimes Johnny drama is like the
2: MVP of the episode in terms of humor. Not this week. We've had some really good ones from him this week. Malibuti comes to mind just a couple weeks ago. Uh, this this is a good season, and this episode is one of the lower points of the season. So I'm giving it a D plus. It's only it's only uphill from here, or it's only downhill from here. I think is the phrase, but altogether an unremarkable uh, episode of the show. All right, Connor. Last question I asked it of all my first time guests: Who are you in your own real life entourage?
3: Okay, so I'm gonna warn you, this is gonna probably take a few minutes, but if you can just bear, <laughs> if Quite you can right. bear with me, I yeah. think the analogy is gonna be worth it. All right, I can't wait. Uh, so one of my best friends from college is essentially the Billy Walsh of my group chat okay uh his high school transcript was his version of Queen's Boulevard, where he got off he started in the honors program in college and then realized his professors were like the suits that Billy hated <laughs> and uh he had a he had a tendency to enjoy certain prescription stimulants. <laughs> And he could not write a single essay without getting incredibly anal about the million edits he ended up doing, and suffered his own version of Medellin when he handed in a paper that was about two thousand words Whoa. longer than no longer than the, than the suggested word count. Turned in two weeks late, and the professor straight up told him he was going to fail the class. Wow! And this was his final semester. And he ended up one credit short of graduating. Damn. And so he fell off the earth for like six months after we finished school and suddenly emerged, sort of like Billy came back in the Entourage movie uh, or sorry, in season seven, I apologize. Yeah. And instead of becoming an ordained minister, he had just expanded his worldview by doing a bunch of psychedelics and uh, to support himself. He got some ethnically questionable work by writing papers for college kids after already graduating. So he got better at that then. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we actually ended up writing a pilot together for a series. But uh, unlike Johnny's bananas, we had zero connections to the industry. Uh, So yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'd have to go with him.
2: So wait, I'm sorry. So throughout that whole thing, you're talking about your buddy. I think I'm. I think I'm putting two and two together here. Are you Billy Walsh?
3: Oh no, my buddy's Billy Walsh. But who are you? I'm Izzy.
2: Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah.
3: So no. So I'm the guy with like I over the time of my eight years working in writing and entertainment and yeah. whatever the hell I'm doing. Like I've known people who've known people who've known people. So if I made phone calls that lead to phone calls to phone calls, like oh maybe I can get a thing made, but like. Mm-hmm. The reality is it's like anyone that's worked on any script knows that everything is bullshit and nothing yeah. happens. Yeah. So that was I'm the failed E of my group. I I thought it was really
2: funny. I honestly thought earlier you were, like, Oh, my friend does all these drugs, wrote all these papers. And so that's who I am. And I was like, Oh, so you're just doing the, <laughs> doing the thing where you're, <laughs> I'm, I'm the Billy walls. You're, you're quitting yourself by saying it's your friend. Like, you know, asking for a friend type thing. I yeah. The, yeah the quote unquote friend. <laughs> <laughs> love it. That's good. Yeah. A lot of people say they're E, but that is a very unique and remarkable story about your buddy. How is he doing now? Is he still like in Billy Walsh land? Essentially. Oh, uh,
3: I have gone to three weddings with him in the past three years and we do not ask what he's doing for a living (laughs) Uh, just on, just on principle. It's kind of those things you just don't want or know. So totally understand. Yeah. Connor, this is a lot of fun, man. Jr. Thank you very much. Uh, Again, like I said, I just watched the entourage movie. So if you ever need someone to reflect on the intricacies of Ronda Rousey showcasing her acting skills, feel free to call me and I'd be happy to contribute. 100%
2: well where can the listeners of oh yeah oh yeah follow you find you it's uh
3: i am on twitter on c c tool says stuff tool with an e and uh, i don't have instagram because i don't have enough interesting pictures to <laughs> share things and uh read my work on brobible.com. dot com. Send me a DM on on uh, Twitter and tell me how much you hate my things, like so many people have done. <laughs> and again, Jr., thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of
2: course, man. Let's do this again sometime in person. Hopefully in New York.
3: Uh, absolutely. I would. Uh, I'm gonna keep watching the series now. That I've got back into it. So I'm gotcha, hoot. Gotcha, hoot. Uh, hopefully, be a scholar again. Definitely. Thanks, man. Have a great rest of your week. Same to you. <sighs>